Riley Murtha, and I'm your host. This is Life and Shit, your weekly safe haven away from all of the artificial bullshit going on out there, where we discuss what it means to live well, what it means to truly feel good, and how we can achieve those things. So thank you so much for being here, and let's get to this week's episode. Welcome to episode three of Life and Shit. Okay, so today's episode is going to be all about what it means to be an energetically sensitive person. Because really, everybody experiences life in a different way. We are not all experiencing sensory input and emotions in all the same ways. We might automatically assume that all of our experiences are very similar. When in reality, we're all somewhere on a spectrum. Some people are not as sensitive and they're not as affected, whereas other people experience things very intensely and it can be really overwhelming. You can see this even with animals. Not all dogs respond the same to loud noises or interacting with other dogs or strangers. So we have to assume that this applies to humans as well. So there's typically a couple of different classifications in which sensitivity is discussed. So we'll go over those, and then I'm also going to give you some tangible tools that can help you to protect your energy and to avoid becoming overwhelmed or burnt out. Have you ever wondered to yourself, why the fuck is life so much harder for me than everybody else? Do you feel like your emotions completely control your reality? Or do you find that you're so burnt out and depleted by interactions with other people? Do you feel like you're a reactive person? If so, this episode is for you. There's two types of sensitivities that are commonly talked about, so I want to differentiate between them and really dig into what that looks like because life can get easier if you understand what's creating the challenge and the conflict in your reality. For a long time, I didn't understand why my life was chaotic and why I was so reactive. And for a long time, I was stuck and I couldn't recognize why life felt so hard and so overwhelming for me. And once you understand the why, you can be more well prepared and you can live better. So the first one that you may have heard of is an HSP, which stands for Highly Sensitive Person. So an HSP essentially has a very sensitive, overactive nervous system. So everything is louder, everything is more intense, everything is amplified. That goes for all five of your senses as well as your emotions. So when you're hearing everything and feeling everything bigger and louder and more intensely, it becomes very easy to get overwhelmed. What may be totally normal for another person can quickly become too much for an HSP. So they tend to like to spend a lot of time alone. They need a lot of time to decompress, to recharge. Typically, they would not be happy in a group setting with tons of people. It's very overstimulating. Large groups are way too much. 
I know for myself, like a street festival has always been something that I don't understand why people enjoy going to. <laughs> it just seems like a lot of people walking around, not really doing anything. And in my opinion, that's just not a good time. I would rather stay home. So really any physical or emotional stimuli is very strong for these types of personalities. They're also very affected by things. They feel their emotions on a very deep level. They're very affected by seeing or hearing things, both good or bad. So that could look like witnessing something violent and feeling that on an extremely deep level and having a hard time moving past it. It can also mean that HSPs typically have a very strong and deep appreciation for beauty. They're really moved by nature and really connected to art. And HSPs often have a very deep inner life, so they like to spend a lot of time in their head. They can be very deeply nostalgic and very affected by memories and things that come up for them. Everything is just powerful. They carry that with them, and they really resonate on a very deep, strong emotional level. Physically, there's typically a low tolerance for loud noise, uncomfortable physical sensations like clothes that don't fit right or that are uncomfortable can become very claustrophobic. And this can manifest as irritability or agitation when really you're no more irritable than somebody else, but everything just feels more intense. So highly sensitive people really are just exactly that. They are highly sensitive in every way. So that can be really hard to manage when there's so much going on in the world and in our lives. It can be really disruptive to have the volume turned up to 100 on every emotion that we're feeling in every situation. So if any of this HSP stuff is resonating for you, because I know the first time that I heard about this, I was like, holy fuck, this person's talking about me. This is my life. And there's not necessarily anything wrong with it, but it can be really empowering to start to understand this better. And that way you can live your life with more compassion towards yourself around these things, accepting it for what it is and learning how to function in ways that better suit your needs. There's tons and tons of resources available to research and to learn more effective coping mechanisms to manage this. On the Oprah website, there's a highly sensitive person quiz. There's a well-known book written by Elaine Aaron called The Highly Sensitive Person. There's another really good short audiobook called The Highly Sensitive by Judy Dyer. And there's also an entire website um, for highly sensitive people run by a woman named Julie. I can't pronounce her last name, but if you Google Julie HSP, she'll come up right at the top. Her last name starts with a B and then a J. <laughs> she has a podcast all about being highly sensitive. She has programs and courses and videos and all kinds of stuff that I found really helpful in the past. And so the second one that's spoken about really often is being an empath, which also means highly sensitive in a lot of ways. There's a lot of crossover, but more so intuitive and deeply energetically connected. So you're very aware of the energies in a room around other people, very attuned to other people's emotions. 
You can feel energetic shifts or when something is off. Have a very strong intuition. That's typically correct most of the time. And empaths tend to absorb the emotions of others around them. So they take on their emotions and experience them like they're their own. I like to think of an empath as being the opposite of a sociopath, whereas a sociopath typically has complete disregard for the feelings of other people. An empath is the complete opposite of that. They are highly aware of the emotions of other people, so much so that they feel those emotions themselves. Empaths can pick up on unspoken cues. They can tell how people are feeling just by being around them. They are very perceptive of subtle changes in facial expressions, and they're very intertwined with the energies and the emotions of their environment. And that can be exhausting because when you're constantly absorbing the energies and the emotions of everything going on around you, that can become a burden. It can drain you. The term empath comes from the word empathetic. So these people by nature are drawn to helping people, fixing people, saving people, which can be a very daunting task. They often put others before themselves and they can have a hard time setting boundaries. So as you can probably tell, there are a lot of parallels between being an HSP and being an empath. And I definitely relate to things on both sides. I don't think there's any real importance in classifying yourself as one or the other. The goal here is really just to tune into what's going on with you and to get to know yourself so that we can learn how to take the best possible care of ourselves so we can show up as the best version of ourselves in the world. These really are gifts. It's not a negative thing to be highly sensitive or energetically sensitive or an empath. It's a blessing to be so deeply connected and so aware of yourself and others and everything going on in the world. And you have so much power to be able to help and serve and do great things. But you have to first get to know yourself in order to harness these gifts. Otherwise, they can destroy you. If you're not aware of these traits in yourself, life can just feel very confusing, very overwhelming, and it can be hard to navigate things because you're constantly being bombarded. You feel constantly overwhelmed. You can be very drained, very burnt out. You can have a hard time managing your relationships with other people. So the more aware that we become of these traits, whether you're you know, on one end of the spectrum and you relate to this only a little bit, or you relate to this in an extreme way, the more you can pay attention to these things. We want to learn how to build our life so that we can use these traits as advantages and ways to empower ourselves as opposed to just disadvantaging us and keeping us stuck and struggling. So some examples of ways that this may show up in your life. One really common one is just how other people's energy affects you. Of course, we're going to interact with different people throughout our weeks and throughout our life. Everybody has their own aura and their own energy that they're carrying with them. And by nature, some people are going to be more positive and more uplifting and more energizing people. And then some people, either by nature or maybe they're just going through a hard time, have more of a toxic energy about them. And they're negative and they complain and they have more of a darkness to them. 
if somebody is hanging on to trauma of any kind and not working to heal it, their vibration is going to be lower than somebody who is actively working on themselves and who is going out of their way to feel good and to uplift themselves and to uplift others. And to explain the vibrational scale, people are always talking about high vibe, high vibration, low vibration. What that means is Abraham Hicks created a emotional scale. So starting at the bottom of this scale are the lowest vibration emotions, which are fear, powerlessness, jealousy, despair, things like that. And then there's a whole list of them and they work their way all the way up to the top to the highest vibration emotions, which are love, gratitude, compassion. So really at any given moment, we all could be anywhere on this scale. Typically we all have kind of a baseline where we are hanging out for most of the time right now. And that baseline can certainly change. We can do the work, we can go within and work on ourselves and raise that vibration intentionally, but there's usually somewhere where we're just hanging out right now. And we can fluctuate day to day, but we always kind of come back to that spot on the emotional scale. So for the sake of an example, if you're someone who's right around the middle, an average vibration, but you're a highly sensitive person or an empath, you come across someone who is really going through it, they're having a really hard time, they ha aren't doing any work on themselves, they haven't started their journey, and they're really hovering around the bottom of the scale. I think we've all been there, and I've been there too, and I've hung out there for some time. And the toughest part about that is usually when you are at the bottom of the scale and you're staying there, you're not really aware of it. You don't really know in those moments that you have work to do in order to raise your vibration in order to feel better and it can be really hard to help yourself or even to accept help when you don't have that clarity so by understanding the emotional scale you become better equipped to work your way upward from fear all the way up to love and another really helpful concept is the fact that different substances have different vibrations as well Alcohol has a pretty low vibration. It's somewhere between low and medium on the vibrational scale. So depending on where you are, different substances will affect your vibration differently. If you're sitting right at the bottom of the emotional scale, alcohol may lift you up temporarily. But if you typically are high vibrational, alcohol will pull you down. Alcohol is low vibrational, marijuana is a little bit higher, and psychedelics are high vibrational. So that knowledge can really help us understand our personal experience or the experience of others when it comes to substance use. So in those low level emotions, we're living in a way where we're experiencing a lot of rage, a lot of anger, a lot of jealousy and resentment, a lot of fear. Really, the two extremes of this scale are fear and love. So at any given moment, we always have the opportunity to perceive reality through the lens of fear or through the lens of love. And that's the easiest way to automatically raise your vibration. You can make that decision in any given moment. But if you're around somebody who is vibrating down in those low emotions, that's going to affect you to some degree. But if you are an empath or an HSP, that can really drain you. Being around somebody who is constantly complaining, who's constantly speaking out of fear and judgment and resentment 
and jealousy towards other people. They're called energy vampires. And when you leave those types of people, you will be exhausted. They will suck your energy. They will leave you drained and you will feel like shit after you hang out with them. And if you are an empath or an HSP, that can be debilitating because you are taking on all of those negative emotions that they're experiencing and that they're putting out into the universe. And that's going to completely change your state and it can really fuck you up. It can ruin your day. It can throw you off out of your rhythm for days at a time. So if there are certain people who you can think of who every time you come into contact with them, you leave feeling depleted, you have to start to pay attention to those things. Another example, when a tragedy happens, how does it affect you? Of course, anything tragic is sad. And I think to some degree, anyone who's not a sociopath feels the pain of someone who is experiencing a tragedy. And I'm talking about secondhand tragedy, not something that's going on in your own life because you have every right to be devastated by those things. When you hear about things in the news, when you hear about a murder or a tragic death, how does that affect you? Because as an empath or an HSP, that's going to hit you in such a deep way that you're, you're going to feel like you are mourning something of your own. Personally, I've always been this way. I just become so affected by hearing about sad things that it consumes my whole being for days. I don't even necessarily need to know the person firsthand that these things are happening to and it disrupts my life. So I'm going to give you some strategies here that will help you to protect your energy and to leave you more energized and to avoid those feelings of being depleted and drained and burnt out. So strategy number one for protecting your energy is to create a mindfulness practice for yourself. So that can be meditation. I highly recommend incorporating meditation into your life as often as possible. If you are someone who feels like you are energetically sensitive or you're very affected by things going on around you or the people around you, create space in your life so that you can sit with yourself. You can create peace and tranquility and an opportunity to just quiet everything and quiet the mind and allow yourself to decompress. When you meditate, you're allowing yourself to find clarity. You're allowing yourself to download the stuff that you need. When you create stillness and quiet, that's when you'll actually think or remember or have these ideas pop up into your mind that you need. The most important things or your inspiration or something that you've forgotten that you actually truly need will only come to you in those times when you still the mind. If you're constantly going in, in circles in your head about what you need to do and how you need to do this and where you need to be and how that's going to work, you never get an opportunity for the information that you need most in that moment to reach you. So if you can sit with yourself for even 10 minutes a day and just focus on your breath, you will be so much more connected to yourself. You will feel more calm and you will be more prepared to handle things in life. It creates routine in your life to check in with yourself and to recharge and reconnect. As part of this practice, you can burn Palo Santo or Sage to energetically cleanse your space in your home. 
It's a practice that comes from many different societies and cultures throughout history to cleanse the air of any dark entities, any bad energy, and to start fresh. Another thing you can do for yourself is create a space in your home where you can go to recharge, somewhere very soothing, an oasis, fill it with plants, create your own little spot where you can go to connect with yourself for your meditation whenever you're feeling overwhelmed. Whatever you need in that space to make that feel soothing and somewhere that you can feel safe and inspired and somewhere where you can come back to yourself to be grounded and centered. The second strategy is learning to say no. And I know that a lot of people struggle with this. It can be very challenging to set boundaries. If someone asks you to do something and your intuition tells you that that's not right for you today, if you need to rest, if you're better off spending time alone, if there's something else that you feel pulled to doing that's in your best interest, say no. You don't have to be rude about it. My friends know me very well and I go through phases where I just need to be alone. I don't want to see people. I just feel energetically vulnerable and I don't want to be around other people and nobody takes that personally and if you have friends who don't respect that and you truly are vulnerable and honest with them and tell them that you you know you love them you would like to see them soon but today's just not the right day for you and they don't respect that time to find new friends and I'm dead serious because the second that you cut people out of your life like that who are selfish and who don't care about what you need to feel good, you will create space for new people who can lift you up and who are going to be aligned with you. Set firm boundaries with those people and the more space you can create, the more new you can attract. And when you're on a journey of spiritual growth or personal development, you are consistently evolving. So you want to have space in your life to allow new people in who are at the same level or growing at the same pace as you. Additionally, if you are aware of those people who are toxic and who drain you and who leave you feeling shitty after you see them, don't see them or limit the amount that you see them as much as possible. Let's say maybe it's a family member or someone that you can't totally avoid. Just be very intentional about the time that you spend with those people and prepare yourself for how they're going to make you feel and definitely set limits with how much time you spend with them. Another great way to avoid emotional or energetic overwhelm is to create a practice for yourself of journaling. Because if you can get your emotions out, you're less likely to have a breakdown unexpectedly. And it's a great way to connect with yourself, to communicate. And sometimes things will come up that you're not aware of that are actually affecting your behavior or your mood or your emotions. There can be things lurking in the back of our mind or in our heart or in our body that we're not quite aware of. So if you can get into the practice of just writing down whatever, trying to express yourself the best you can in a journal daily, you will have so much less of an emotional burden lurking within you, looking to escape. It is so important that we process and release our emotions. And this is one of the best ways that you can do that. Otherwise, they stay in our body and there's consequences to that both physically and emotionally. The next strategy is to set yourself up so that you feel good. Create an environment that is in alignment with your needs. And do so from a place of self-love and self-respect. Don't think about it as a chore. 
think about doing it as a favor to yourself so that you can thrive. If you are sensitive energetically, make sure that you live in a space that makes you feel grounded. You don't want to live in a messy space. I can feel the anxiety start to rise in myself as soon as my house starts to get a little cluttery or a little messy. Everything feels amplified. So set yourself up for success. Remove that anxiety by living in a clean, organized space. And don't do things that sabotage yourself like procrastination. Because again, that anxiety is going to come into play as soon as you start to procrastinate. And that is going to amplify everything. It's going to make you way more emotionally vulnerable. And we don't want that. We want to be emotionally safeguarded. So don't do the things that are going to potentially put you in a sketchy spot emotionally or energetically. Keep your home organized. Don't procrastinate. Stay organized and you will be in a much more balanced, stable position. And in order to really get good at this, we have to be really self-aware. So these things can be really hard to do if we're not quite there yet, but self-awareness is a practice and it's something that happens gradually. So you have to really spend the time and effort getting to know yourself. Start to pay really close attention to where am I leaking energy? This is something that Gabrielle Bernstein talks a lot about. Where is your energy being leaked? What are the things in your day-to-day -day life that make you feel exhausted? Is it your job? Are you in a job that is not serving you energetically? Does your work energize you or do you dread it? At the end of your workday, do you feel fulfilled and accomplished and look forward to the next day? Or do you wait for Friday and live for the weekend? Life is way too short and we spend way too much time working for a living for that work to be unbearable or for that work to have you be around people who are draining your energy. And it's 2021. There's a million fucking ways to make a living. You can do literally anything you want. So if your work is what's keeping you energetically and emotionally low vibe or drained, there's a solution for that. What are you absorbing energetically? What kind of TV are you watching and how does that make you feel? There's nothing wrong with a little bit of mindless entertainment from time to time, but if you're sitting down in front of the TV every single day and watching toxic television, that is going to affect you. That is going to change your vibe and it's going to affect your energy and your emotional stability. Just like you are what you eat, you are what you consume in other ways as well. And that, my friends, is why social media is a scary fucking place because you are not in control of what you're consuming. People are bombarding you with whatever the fuck they want. Have you ever been on social media, on Instagram, and you're scrolling and all of a sudden you're looking at something so fucked up or so not funny or so disturbing and it just fucks with you and makes you feel badly and you were so unprepared for that because you're just scrolling through your feed. One minute you're looking at a funny dog video and the next minute you're seeing something that completely fucks up your day. This is why we have to get very intentional about the things that we're allowing into our lives. You don't want to be put in a vulnerable position where you don't know it's a Russian roulette of what you're going to see, especially if you're a highly sensitive person or energetically sensitive because that can really affect you. I've had that where I see something that I wasn't ready to see or I did not want to see and it, it was like, down the rabbit hole I go, my day is ruined, here I go, clear my fucking schedule, I'm done. And that's just wrong. So we need to be very careful about how much time we're spending on social media, very careful about 
who you're following on social media. Only follow people that you can trust, especially if you're sensitive to those types of things. And never feel sorry for unfollowing someone who is not in alignment for you, okay? Be unapologetic about what you allow into your energetic space. But I think if you have good friends, their content should be aligned with your beliefs and your values and what makes you feel good. And if it's not, you need to question that. And if for whatever reason they have very different values than you and what they're posting really does affect you, you have the right to unfollow that person and it should not sacrifice your entire friendship. At the end of the day, when it comes to protecting your energy, you got to remind yourself that you do not owe anybody shit. You got to look out for number one. If that means canceling plans to stay home and to look after yourself emotionally, that's in the best interest for everybody. If that means unfollowing 1,000 people who are posting memes that make you feel uncomfortable, then that's what you need to do. And if you hurt someone's feelings along the way while setting your boundaries, be compassionate to that, but don't let it stop you because you showing up as the best version of yourself is going to positively impact the world in such a grand way that someone else getting triggered by your process is worth it. My last strategy for protecting your energy is to keep a very close eye on your ego. Because when you're triggered by something, you need to check in with yourself right away before you waste your time or energy acting on that trigger, defending yourself, or getting into any kind of conflict. You need to check in with yourself and your ego. Why is this triggering you? Have compassion for yourself and recognize the fact that it very likely is hitting something in your ego which is making you want to project on another person. And instead of doing that, you can spend that time working through it, getting to the root of that and healing it. And that will be energizing as opposed to just acting on that trigger over and over and over until you're totally exhausted and burned out. And doing that healing is very empowering. Especially if you are a sensitive person, interpersonal interactions can be very challenging because you have big emotions and you might be easily triggered. This might mean that you are conflict prone and you end up in arguments or you have a lot of problems in your friendships and in your family and in your relationships. The sooner that you can own that and start to unpack that and figure out what's creating those reactions in you, life will be a little bit easier. The more that you ignore it, the more of a shit show your life will be. Because I can tell you for years, I had a reputation as an ice queen. I did something that a lot of people do. I did not consciously know that I was feeling things as deeply or more deeply than other people. But I knew that I had a lot going on and this was not a conscious choice. But the easiest way for me to get through life was to shut it all down. I had no feelings. I had nothing for anybody. I never let anybody in. I was minimizing risk by never opening up to anybody. And I just went about my life pretending not to give a fuck and using humor and partying as ways to just get by and defense mechanisms, which is really common. And it was extremely sad and extremely lonely and very unfulfilling. Although I didn't have that awareness at the time because it was the only way of existing that I had ever known. 
And when you realize that there's other people who feel just as confused and struggle just as much as you do, it's like a whole new world opens up. And for me, doing the work on myself and getting really honest with myself and going right into those uncomfortable feelings and those triggers for me, that was what made the world of difference. Because there's no ice queens or ice kings. We're all human. We all have emotions and needs. And for some reason, we're taught that it's cool to not feel things or to not show our emotions when really it's not. It doesn't make you hard to do that. Actually, the opposite. That's the easy route. That That's the weak, cowardly thing to do. The brave thing to do is to feel your feelings so that you can show up in a real way because there's extreme energetic emotional consequences to constantly trying to avoid your feelings, pushing things down and minimizing it. And that's when you're not aware of yourself and you're going to be absolutely controlled by things bubbling under the surface and those triggers. The people who are identifying in that type of persona are the people who need love the most. So the more that you can catch that ego responding to things that make it uncomfortable, the more you can heal, the more you can go within, and the more you can show up authentically. And you'll save yourself a shitload of energy along the way instead of defending yourself and fighting all of your ego's battles. So I hope that this episode brought some awareness to yourself, your behavioral patterns, what's going on in your life, or perhaps it brings someone else in your life to mind and you can have more compassion for them as you watch them navigate these things. Really, at the end of the day, regardless of how energetically sensitive you are, it's important that we look after ourselves and that we're recharging and that we're setting boundaries and that we are protecting our energy so that we can live our lives in full expression and we can be who we really are. Instead of living life constantly in reaction, we want to live in intention. And that's it. I sincerely hope this has been helpful in some way. Thank you so much for joining me here today, friends. I look forward to connecting again very soon. Please share this episode with anyone in your life who might benefit from it. And make sure you subscribe. I feel like a fucking loser saying that. Until next time, y'all, love and gratitude. Bye.